Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, Episode 5. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential, whether you're already in a leadership role or maybe you are an aspiring leader. Now, joining me on today's show is career and leadership developer, Pam McDonald. And Pam is passionate about helping people to have better work experiences. And her advice to people is... Follow your skill, identify your passion and interest, as this is the best way to achieve true career satisfaction, as well as also helping you deliver better workplace outcomes. Now, Pam has worked with a variety of blue chip Australian and international companies, helping them to do what they do better. And on today's show, Pam's going to share why working hard on its own is just not enough to succeed in the world of work or to be considered personal career success four factors to workplace success that have worked for Pam as well as for others, as well as one strategy that will help us overcome inaction due to self-doubt. So welcome to the show, Pam. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's a pleasure to be here. Over the years, when I speak to women about career success and positioning themselves for promotion and even leadership opportunities, one thing I often hear them say is, my goal, I'll keep my head down, work really, really hard so I get noticed for my achievements. And unfortunately, this is not the best approach. So Pam, why is working hard on its own not enough to succeed in the world of work or be considered personal career success? I think, Anne-Marie, probably you and I and potentially a number of our listeners today have already tried that strategy and found that it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You put your head down, you work hard, you work 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 hours a week. And because your head is down, no one's noticing you. Mm-hmm. Work is getting done, but it can be taken advantage of, or it's just assumed that you're comfortable doing that and sitting there where you are. What would you say to someone who has recognised, oh, okay, that is what I have been doing. I want 2016 to be better for me. What are some things that you would share with her to start doing, as well as obviously working hard? I think the first thing that I would say is congratulations for noticing what you've been doing mm-hmm. because it hasn't been working. Right. The next thing I'd say is, and this will link into those four factors that you mentioned earlier, when we think about success at work, particularly in terms of looking around at who gets promoted, sure, they're the people who deliver some results, but they also do three other key things Mm -hmm. that take them above and beyond just working hard. Yeah. The first one of those is that they usually have a really good reputation. Mm -hmm. They're known by the right people and everybody has a consistent way of referring to that particular person. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like they've got their personal brand perfectly set. 
The second thing that they do is that they can usually build really good rapport with other people. Now, some people call that the schmoozing or the networking, and I laugh as I say that. These are the people who have the knack for actually establishing a connection with other people, whether Mm -hmm. it's in person or online. They've just got that rapport, glitz and glam working well. Yes. And and the, the fourth element of that is is really about how they manage those relationships. We can be a bit cynical and say, oh, yes, they're the people who cultivate the right connections. But you know what? When you're working hard and when you're delivering results, those results need to be seen and felt mm-hmm. by the right people. Mm-hmm. And that's where those relationships become really, really critical. I totally agree. So, Pam, let's just dive into each of those points a little bit deeper because I think for people who have been working really hard, I'm sure that they've got so many great outcomes and success stories to share. But if no one in the organisation, particularly key stakeholders in the organisation, aren't aware of these successes and the strengths and the value that people can bring to the table, it really, as you said, goes unnoticed. So let's talk about personal brand. How would you define a person's personal brand? To me, Anne-Marie, that's encapsulated in the phrases that other people use when they think about you. Mm -hmm. So the phrases, if I think about my personal brand, passionate is a word that pretty much comes up constantly Mm -hmm. because I'm known for being passionate and energetic about what I do. Now, that can be taken a couple of levels down in terms of, all right, if someone's got a passion, that implies that they'll be interested in developing and continually developing their skills, that they'll care and that they'll be reasonable to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it's important to understand how others are talking about you. Do they describe you as a hard worker or do they describe you as a dynamic contributor to the business? Mm-hmm. Because when we're thinking about the results that we're achieving, I also feel that it's important to step back a little bit and do some analysis and some thinking about, all right, where are those results going to have an impact? Mm -hmm. Who is going to be positively affected by the results and the outcomes that I'm achieving? Yeah. And when you link that to the relationships that exist within the organisation, that's often one of the quickest ways to rapidly shift your positioning from being known or potentially ignored Mm. as the quiet achiever who sits in the corner. When you start mapping how the work that you do positively affects or eases a problem for a couple of key people around the organisation, you will notice that your star will begin to shine much brighter very, very quickly. Yeah. And I think what people don't recognise, particularly when it comes to creating and developing your personal brand, is that people will be talking about you even if you haven't really done that with purpose, haven't really identified, okay, what are some of the key strengths? What is that experience that I I um, exude when other people work with me? For, for instance, you've mentioned the example of being passionate. Uh, people do talk about you. And, and so if you're not there with an intention and in creating that reputation, others, you leave that to others then to, to define what they think your reputation is. So it really is very much being in control of that and creating that experience that people really do start to, to talk about you in a way that you want them to talk about. Oh, Anne-Marie, I could not agree more with you. That is, that is such a beautiful insight. And mm. I can think about a lady that I worked with a couple of years ago who was very much on that treadmill of working really hard and feeling very frustrated because she just wasn't getting the promotions that she felt that she deserved. Mm. And I was working with her as her coach and we were going through a few different things and the power of a coach and someone who's outside 
your personal space is that we can identify those things and ask a question in terms of, well, okay, if you've been working really, really hard and, and sadly you've had some illnesses that you haven't been able to shake because of that, I mean, if you think about when you get a cold or the flu, if you don't take time off and rest properly, it tends to linger for a lot longer. Mm. And so then what people might be noticing about you is that you're tired all the time or that you seem to have the sniffles. And that's the image of you that they then hold in their mind. Mm -hmm. That's actually nothing to do with your work, but it's to do with their impression of your approach to your work. And this young lady that I was working with, I asked her the question and said, well, if you've not been able to shake this illness and you've been saying that one of the things that's really important to you is to be known as being reliable, how well do you think you're doing on that front? Mm. And it was as if the veil had lifted for her and she said, oh, my goodness, I've dropped the ball on that one, haven't I? Yeah. And so we focused on that reliability. But it is very much about, as we start 2016, setting that intention and being conscious about what is it that I want to be known for? Yes. And I think our actions and our interactions, we need to be mindful about what we do, what we say and, and, and how we approach the workplace because that very much can impact positively and, of course, negatively on our personal brand, as we saw in that beautiful example that you shared. So talking about the other one of the other points that you mentioned about having the skill to really build good rapport, and I love the term that you the schmoozing, the networking, getting out there, and for some people, absolutely, the whole, I don't schmooze, but building relationships within the work environment, particularly key stakeholders, and this is one thing that I read constantly uh, last year, and I'm, I'm sure that this is something that you found too. Uh, men are really good at networking with other key stakeholders. So when opportunities come up, key projects, because they have taken the time to develop the network and the relationships, the know, like and trust with some of these key stakeholders, guess whose name comes to the fore when a project comes up? And of course, it's 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 the key, you know, the, the key stakeholders think of, well, Bob or Jim or, or whoever. So women, we, we're good at building relationships too, but maybe not necessarily relationship with some of these key stakeholders, the people who are already uh, working at higher levels in the organisation. What would you say to a woman who recognises, okay, if I was to do an audit, if my network within the organisation and even with it, you know, outside the organisation, what are some key things that she should start doing in 2016? One of the main mantras that I would say is to recognise that your network mm. is associated with your net worth. Yes. So the quality and the calibre of the people that you're connecting with will have a direct influence on your success. Mm -hmm. I think I'd also say to another woman, and this is one thing that we women are gifted with naturally, we do actually network well, we socialise, we connect other people, we are wonderful connectors. The difference in the way that men approach networking is that they're very business oriented in their networking. Mm -hmm. So my main piece of advice for a woman would be leverage your strength of connecting and go into it with that intention about forming strong business connections. Mm -hmm. And it may change the dynamic of the conversations that you have. So rather than having a more of a social orientation and a getting to know the person, you may actually be having a more of a business-oriented networking conversation, which is where you get to know the work and the results of that person. And at the same time, they get to know you, your mm. work and your results. 
And I think also too, as women, we can be very humble, which is a great quality to have, as well as, as you said, leveraging our skills and our strengths. Sometimes we just don't ask or we don't put our hand up. And I think having that intention, building that connection, getting um, you know the conversation from that approach of the business and, and so forth, and letting them know that, hey, these are some of the key areas that I would love to contribute to. If there is a project coming up, I would love to be considered for that. Sometimes we assume that through our conversation that someone will know that, yes, we would love to be considered, but we haven't actually asked. So we need to go in with the ask. Oh, completely. And mm-hmm. and I think it's also when coming back to that sort of it's almost a confidence issue or a habit issue that we mm-hmm. women have is that we're much more comfortable asking on behalf of someone else than we are asking on behalf of ourselves. And that's why it's such a delight seeing so many women who are stepping forward and engaging with a mentor, whether it's a formal or an informal mentor. Mm-hmm. So if we're thinking about women who work within medium to large size companies, when you're identifying those key stakeholders, it may be really, really worth your while to establish a good solid connection with one of those key people, engage them almost as your mentor, because if you can encourage them to see you and your full worth, when they recommend you for a project, both you will then be seen in a brighter light and so will they because they will also be enhancing their reputation about finding and identifying talent within the organisation and you yourself will actually get a new deeper reputation for the results that you achieve, not just the input and the work that you do. Mm. And what you've just said there is such a key step. It's an intentional step. And how often, and you might have heard this with some of the clients that you're working with, um, people will say, you know, that person in the workplace, she is always so lucky. Her name always comes up there. But in actual fact, if we were to have a look at what she had been doing for the last month, for the last 12 months or even 80 months, the whole her whole uh, approach has been very intentional. She's been there networking. She's been supporting, sharing, you know, connecting and building that. So uh, a lot of these people that we see having having their names put forward for projects and other special uh, promotions and so forth in the workplace, there's been a lot of intentional action put into place uh, to get her to that place. Absolutely. I remember I used to work for a very large organisation and I put myself forward to uh, participate as an interview panel member for a scholarship. Uh, The company was very generous in supporting people who'd been disadvantaged. And so I got to meet a couple of the very senior executives who normally people in the lower levels of the organisation just didn't get to meet and also was involved in a very generous and amazing program. So it was a a delight personally, but professionally, about six months after that program had finished, there was one of those all company-wide town hall meetings. And this senior executive was walking through and he was good. He would say hello to people and smile because he was aware that they all knew who he was. Mm. And as he approached the group that I was in, he was smiling and nodding to people. And then he looked at me made eye contact with me and said, hi, Pam, how are you? Mm. And kept going. To a man, because it was a very male-dominated workforce, Mm -hmm. every person in that group that I'd been talking to turned to me and said, how does he know your name? (laughs) And it was all because of that project that I had worked on. Now, he didn't give me any extra attention. There was no direct promotion or anything that came from it. But the fact that he acknowledged me and he knew me by name Mm -hmm. did wonders for my reputation. and, And of course, then that had its own ripple effect as well. Great example. Absolutely. 
Um, talking about managing relationships, I mean, you've said that women, we're natural connectors. Let's really also bring in the business side of things as well, leverage that. What would you say would be some good tips and advice to share around how we can really start to effectively manage our relationships in 2016? I think it's important to to know what it is that you yourself are looking for and also have some interest in what the other person is looking for. So if you're in an organisation and you're within an administration team and you'd like to be promoted to be the manager of that team, get to know the person who's the, the current manager of the manager of that admin team and identify what challenges they might be having and get to learn their language and the results that they particularly focus on. Because then when you have a conversation with them, you can actually start drawing linkages between how you might be a solution to a problem that they're having mm. or how the results that you've already been achieving may already be contributing quite significantly to what they'd be looking for from that admin manager role. So it's about that that planning and that understanding of what you yourself need, but also what somebody that you might be working for and delivering to, what they might need and looking for that match of language. Mm. Because let's face it, uh, how influential you could be to someone and really start to build that connection and that relationship by being a solution, sharing a solution, whether it's a piece of technology or whatever it is that you've identified can really support that other person. I mean, if you really reach out your hand of support or give them something that really supports them in, in overcoming that challenge, that's really just going to speak volumes, isn't it? Oh, completely. And it's it's such a powerful way of doing things. And, and that fundamentally is the reason why my philosophy is about let's begin with the skill that I have, because mm -hmm. that's the strongest platform and the most consistent way that I can naturally and with integrity engage in those discussions about how I might be able to be a solution for someone because I know exactly what my skills are. And we also say that we humans are wired to enjoy things. So if mm -hmm. there's something that I'm good at, I'm going to enjoy doing that because I'm good at it. Yeah. And then the more that I do it, the better I get. So it becomes this beautiful self-fulfilling and self-developing activity, yes. which also then when we put it into that business context, well, it's just going to have a, a, a delightful growth uh, expansion and we're all going to be smiling. Yeah. I'll give you a classic example, and this is exactly uh, what you're speaking about. A, a number of months ago, I was given a referral by one of my colleagues in a networking uh, group that I am a member of, and it was a great connection. And through that, I've built other connections. Now, I remember that very first referral that I received from my, my colleague. So now I've had an opportunity and I've got a couple of tickets to this really great event. And the first person that I thought I would love to say thank you to her for giving me that referral or that solution. And mm -hmm. I've reached out to her. So it really is a win-win all, all around. So I, I cannot highly recommend the strategy that you've just mentioned. One thing that I do just want to cover, and I think this is absolute gold and a few people may have missed this. You said when you approach that person, find out what their language is so that you can speak to them in a way that's going to connect to them. Talk a little bit more about that because I think that's so important. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that we often do when we're engaging in a conversation is we just lapse into a, a zone of being comfortable, which means that we approach something from our preferences, our experience and our habits. So if I think about people who we often talk about people have an orientation to be more visual, some are more auditory and, and love 
sounds and, and very attentive to volume and others are more tactile and emotional. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a very visual person, my language may well be peppered with things like look, sight, colour, bright, dark, all those descriptors that, that actually paint you a visual picture. If I'm communicating with somebody who's more auditory oriented, their language may be peppered with things that are more about how something sounds and whether that resonates. And they may also be distracted by background noise. Mm -hmm. So just as those preferences can come through in that simple lever of our language, so too can my preferences and my experience in the type of work that I've done. So if I've been, and I'll use my administration example again, if I've been processing accounts when I'm talking to people about the work that I do, I'll be talking about the number of accounts that I've been processing each day, the potentially some elements about monies that have been paid out. I'll be talking about days of turnaround and all those sorts of things. But when I take myself up to the manager's level, my manager may be much more interested in the overall cash flow position of the organisation. Mm -hmm. And me talking about the detail of processing the accounts isn't actually going to resonate with that person because their question will be, so what's the impact on the cash flow? So if I can actually start framing my language in, in terms of, well, when I'm looking at processing these accounts, do you, what I've noticed is that we seem to have had an, an increase in our income and a reduction in the amount of accounts payable this month. That's going to pique the attention of the manager much more quickly than me talking about the fact that our volumes have, have increased or decreased. Mm. Uh, it can also be useful if you're thinking about changing to another organisation, have a read of their annual report. Look at the structure of their language. Are they talking in a more formal or a less formal way than you normally do or than your workplace does? Look at the terms in terms of how they describe their results. Do they talk about triple bottom line? Do they talk about corporate social responsibility? Do they talk about community or is it all purely about profit, bottom line, debt deficits, et cetera, et cetera. Get that commonality of language because when we hear language that's similar to our own from someone else, subconsciously we think, gee, I'm much more alike with this person than perhaps I may have thought. And that's a really subtle key element to building good rapport and establishing good relationships, that, that commonality and consistency of language. Yeah, I love that. And again, it's being intentional. You still achieve whatever goal or outcome. It's just how you deliver it, how you approach that person very much uh, piques their attention because you are really using their language and that's certainly going to develop that relationship and that rapport far, far quicker. So Pam, so many women, and I'll be the first to put my hand up because I've been there as well, we can so often become stuck because we've got that self-doubt. Can I do this? No, I can't. And you share a strategy that's going to help us overcome our inaction because that's where self-doubt often has us inactive. So what's that strategy you want to share? My strategy is... First of all, we have to recognize it. So congratulations on feeling yourself in that moment of, I really feel drawn to do something, but I'm I'm being held back by these fears. My strongest words of encouragement would be, find somebody that you trust, somebody that knows you in a work sense, and ask them if they believe that you can do it. And when they tell you, yes, they do believe that you can do it, then you take action based on their belief in you. Because even if I'm having those moments of doubt of I'm not sure I can do this, when I have somebody who is a staunch, solid supporter of mine who says, I know that you can do this, I believe in you and I've got your back, 
that actually fundamentally changes the way that you can look at things. Mm. And then what you do is you take some action and you achieve a result, you achieve some success. And then where you are is you're in a lovely position where you have the support of your your trusted advisor, for want of a better phrase, and you also have your first piece of evidence that says, I'm a success, I can do this. Mm, I love that. I absolutely love that. And as you were sharing that, I, I, I can recognise a number of different um, occasions when a colleague have just has just reached over and said, you know what, you got this, you got this, just go out and do it. And just through having their words of encouragement has certainly uh, supported me. Well, if they think I can do it, they must have seen something that I have not yet quite recognised. So uh, I, I love that. So what's one last word of encouragement that you'd like to leave with people today, Pam? I would like to encourage we women to actually acknowledge the strengths and the gifts that we have. Being successful is not about changing who we are as women. It's not about changing who you are as an individual. And it's not about being or becoming like someone else. It's actually about taking those gifts and those strengths that you have, identifying where is the best place to put to put them to work so that they have that strongest and most effective leverage and then going forward and doing what it is that you're here to do. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and wisdom today, Pam. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. How can people get in contact with you? Thank you for that, Anne-Marie. It's been a pleasure being here. Look, I, I'm obviously a person who's comfortable to have a conversation, so I'm more than happy if people want to give me a call. My mobile number is 0438 843 970, and that's obviously an Australian number. Or you can drop an, me an email to my email address, which is pam at broadspring, B-R-O-A-D, sprang.com.au and I'll get back to you as soon as I can because my, my view is that we've all got these strengths and gifts and wouldn't it be great to have people who delight in the work that they do because they're working in their skill area and wouldn't it be great to be working in a company where everybody is actually working in their skill area and happy and producing and then we'll get good company results and Absolutely. A win-win-win. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So now it's over to you. Pam and I want you to join the conversation. So let us know what is one aha. I know you've had many, but what is the biggest aha that you have had through listening to Pam share her insights and wisdom today? And what is the action step that you are going to take within the next 24 hours to get that rolling, to get that moving as we begin uh, 2016? So to join the conversation, go to annemariecross.com forward slash podcast five. Leave your comment there on the, below the show notes and we look forward to, to reading them. So again, that link, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast five. So today's inspirational message is an interview tip to help you ace that interview and that's brought to you by our sponsor acethatinterview.com.au. Now sadly many aspiring leaders miss out on opportunities because of interview jitters. They've got the skills, they've got the experience, yet their nerves prevent them from speaking about this confidently during an interview. So here are three must-do interview tips to boost your confidence the next time you interview for your dream leadership role. Tip number one, get comfortable with speaking about your achievements. Tip two, showcase your strengths by sharing your successes, your success stories. And tip number three, practice, practice, and guess what? 
practice. And of course, if you do have an upcoming interview, you want additional support so that you can make the best possible impression, check out acethatinterview.com.au for further information. Now that brings us to the end of another episode and I hope that you will join me again next week. Remember to subscribe to our iTunes channel annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes by subscribing to our channel means that you'll be the very first person to learn about our new episodes and be inspired and empowered each and every week just like you were today through listening to Pam and again that link annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes and while you're over there if you want to leave a comment and a rating as well that would be super super awesome so see you again next week make it a great one This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.